You're listening to The Anatomy of a Book, Episode 3. Have you ever wanted to know what it takes to write a book? I'm sharing all the gritty details in these weekly audio journal entries recorded as I work on my third book. Follow along with my trials and triumphs as I go from an empty page to a published book. I'm your host, Dr. Katie Linder. So it's week two of writing book number three, and this is a week where I'm really trying to follow my own advice of not making something bigger than it is. Um, I was working this morning on something that I thought was going to be unrelated to the book. Um, I was kind of mapping out a process that I want to use for when I coach individual clients. And um, this is something that I've done in the past and I'm thinking of doing um, more in the future. And so I was just kind of sketching out, you know, what are the kinds of things that people might need and what is a good way to kind of help them self-assess where they're at. And so I was working on this and um, trying to kind of make it as broadly applicable for academics and higher education professionals as possible. And I got to a place where I felt like it was Um, relatively complete. I mean, maybe not done, but I'd sketched out something that seemed to hang together well. And I set it aside and just kind of started doing some other things around my house and reading and, you know, cooking, cleaning. And the edge of my brain just started kind of working a little bit with this thing that I'd been putting together this morning. And I realized that it was maybe something that needed to be in the book um, and that it was a framework that I could potentially use to help people think through um, what were the areas that they were kind of most concerned about with their online presence and with representing themselves um, and their work. And for some reason, you know, making that connection, it got me thinking too about, you know, I haven't really written a lot um, for the book this week. I mean, if, if I count what I did this morning, that's something, but I've still been kind of thinking through it. And I did make digital space on my computer and kind of mapped out where I was going to put the chapters and things like that um, in terms of a filing system, but I haven't actually just sat down to write anything. And I'm still dealing with a lot of fear um, and really not wanting to start. And I'm excusing that with the fact that I don't have a contract yet. Um, But that's not a good excuse. And it's something that I I need to just kind of kick off. But what I was realizing this afternoon when I was thinking was, I think part of the reason I'm just so afraid of this book is that my first book was really niche. Um, It was based on my dissertation. So just, you know, in light of that, obviously niche. Um, but really wasn't a book that was targeted to a broad audience. And it also, just because of its price point, wasn't something I could really promote well. And so it was small. I mean, in in the sense of just it it sold very few copies. I'm super proud of it. I love the book. I had such a good time with it. But it was, you know, a relatively small world in terms of just the publishing of it. And my second book, was definitely larger. It has a broader appeal. It's about blended course design, and there are lots of people who are engaging in that practice, lots of people and administrators who are helping faculty and instructors to engage in that practice who might be interested in this book. But it's not the kind of book um, 
that I think is like for absolutely everyone. Um, I hope that, you know, people feel that they can use it and, and that it's helpful if they are in the process of designing or engaging in um, creating a blended course. But I know there's a, a large population of people that just aren't doing that um, or don't feel that they need the assistance in doing that. But when I think about this third book and how it's about helping people manage their academic online identities, it starts to feel bigger um, in that I feel like I've just, you know, grown as I've written each book to a broader and broader audience. And that this third book could really have, um, I don't want to say mass appeal, I don't know what that means um, in academic and higher education settings, but just that it could really kickstart something. Um, and I don't know what. And I feel like that's kind of scary, um, not knowing. It's like you're, I don't know. I feel like I can't come up with good metaphors for it. I mean, it's it's not like you're creating a Frankenstein, you know, or something like that. But I do have this fear of, I think, success and that I'm creating something that's going to be a little bit out of my control. Um, and also, I think coming along with that, just fear of failure that I won't be able to do it and that I won't be able to meet the requirements I've set for myself of how this book can be helpful for a broad group of other people. So battling this week with that, um, lots of time spent in my mind thinking about these things, um, have been able to move forward with several other projects. So, I mean, that's good. I, I don't feel like I'm completely paralyzed, um, but definitely starting to think about how can I frame this project in my own mind and build up my own confidence about the role that I can play in helping others and thinking about the audience more and more so that I can be of service through this book. And I feel like that's always been a way that I've dealt with fear when it comes to things like um, job interviews and other, you know, settings where I'm really going to be on the stage in front of other people. I've always asked myself the question, you know, what if I was just being asked for my opinion? You know, what if I'm just in a kind of consulting mindset where I'm here to help the people who are asking me these questions and just give them based on my experience, based on my research, what I know to be true or what I know to be best practice. And so I think reframing this project in that way for me is going to help to, you know, keep my focus in the place where it's meant to be and make sure that I don't get stymied and kind of basically get out of my own way so that I can move forward with this project. So that's where I am in week two. Thanks so much for listening. Show notes and transcripts for every episode of The Anatomy of a Book can be found at katielinder.work slash podcast. That's katielinder.work slash podcast. If you like The Anatomy of a Book, please consider leaving the show a review in iTunes. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And tell your friends and colleagues, the best promotion for the show is definitely word of mouth. You can also hear from me each week on the Research in Action podcast and the You've Got This podcast. Both are available on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. I also produce a free weekly email newsletter called Learn Like a Boss that focuses on topics like productivity, resilience, and creativity. Subscribe to this newsletter at katielinder.work to get it delivered directly to your inbox each week. If you want to learn more about my work and projects, visit my website at katielinder.work. Thanks for listening.